Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. You're listening to Firearms Cafe. I'm your host, Tony Brown. Today is Saturday, the 30th of July, 2011. Today's show is going to be a little bit of a shorter one. Uh, A lot of stuff has been going on out here in sunny Arizona, and I've just been super busy. Still got a lot of stuff to do, but I did want to put out another show at least for uh, the month of July. I know I'm getting in here at the tail end. Uh, but we, like I said, we do have some good feedback for you guys, and we'll do a little bit of discussion on that. Speaking of feedback, if you want to contact the show, a couple of different ways that you can do that. If you want to call and leave a voicemail, the area, the uh, number, excuse me, is area code 206-339-3266. Again, 206-339-3266. Love to hear from you. Uh, if you would like to do a uh, MP3 or a WAV file, much like Pablo did, and send that to me in the email, or if you would like to uh, just write me an email and have me read it out on the show, please feel free to do so. And you can do that at firearmscafe at gmail.com. Again, all one word, firearmscafe at gmail.com. All right, let's go ahead and jump in with our first bit of feedback. Hey, Tony. Pablo here from southern New Mexico. Hey, I was listening to one of Hickok 45's radio shows last night, and it reminded me of an experience that I had here recently that I think is kind of interesting and kind of shows how the industry is changing a little bit. His topic was uh, about patronizing your local gun stores and Internet purchases and that sort of thing. And my story kind of started, I was looking for a uh, Glock 27 Generation 4. And basically here we've got two gun stores where you can actually go in and look at guns and handle guns. So I went to uh, gun store A first, and although they had a lot of Glocks, they didn't have a 27 Gen 4 that I wanted. And the guy working behind the counter just, you know, said, well, he gave me some kind of excuse, uh, and had no idea when when they might get some in. Of course, he was more interested in selling me something they had rather than something that they didn't have. So I moved on to Gun Store B, which has been in business longer, and I I probably prefer to do business there anyway. Um, I don't know why. Maybe just tradition, I guess. So I went there, and same story. They had had some Glocks, but not a 27 Generation 4. So I... uh, did a little research online, found uh, found one that I could order on the internet uh, through Bud's Gun Shop, and the uh, process looked pretty easy and pretty straightforward. So I, I uh, checked that out, and then I called back Gun Store B on the phone, and I you know, told them what I was looking for, and I asked them, you know, could you get me one, and at what price? And uh, he said, well, let me check and see what's what's available. So he got on his computer, and a couple minutes later comes back to me and, and basically said, uh, you know, I just I can't get one right now, and I can't even give you a date when I can. So I told him, I said, well, I, I found it, what I want online at Bud's Gun Shop, and I noticed that you are, referring to Gun Store B, are already on his list as a, as a customer, so it's a pretty streamlined process to send it to you. And I said, you know, you, do you have a problem with me doing that? And he said, no, absolutely not. He said, uh, I'll charge you $25 for the transfer fee, and uh, and that'll be it. So I did that, and um, 
I ordered the gun online, paid for it online on a Monday, and uh, went to the store and picked it up on Thursday afternoon. So uh, everything was straightforward. There were no surprises, no hitches. Uh, seemed like a fair price to me, and uh, that was the end of the story. So anyhow, I thought it was kind of interesting showing how gun purchases are, are starting to change and the Internet getting more and more involved in that process. So Anyway, I guess some of these brick-and-mortar so-called stores will have to kind of adjust and maybe go with the flow kind of the way a gun store B here did. Hope so, anyway. That's it for now. Uh, always enjoy your show, as usual, and uh, keep up the good work. Adios. Hey, Pablo. Great feedback, as always. Uh, the first thing that he had mentioned kind of in passing was Hickok 45. Some of you guys may or may not know who he is. He's a gentleman who has a does a ton of videos on YouTube. I think he's got 300, does primarily um, gun videos. He also does a thing called the Hickok Radio Show, which is usually around 30 to 40 minute things that he does. Again, these are on YouTube. He's pretty much doing on those things like a podcast, uh, and and then it just has like one still image that he puts in while he does the audio file or while he talks. So, uh, but lots of good information. Uh, the guy, he and his son, uh, who's an older guy, um, not a lot older, but I mean he's not like a teenage kid or anything. But he and his son do tons of videos, put lots of things out there. Uh, so if you go over to YouTube and type in Hickok45, I'll also, if I can remember, I'll put a, uh, a link to uh, his website, or not website, his uh, channel over at YouTube. Uh, if nothing else, you'll be able to just to look and see how it's spelled on there. You know, a lot of times with YouTube, unless you spell it exactly the way that the channel is, stuff won't come up. But anyway, that's stuff for another day. Um, you talked about... You know, a lot of times the gun stores aren't going to have maybe exactly what you want. Now, the thing that Pablo was looking for was not anything really exotic or anything like that, but it just so happened that they didn't have what he wanted, so he was able to go online uh, and, and find out the stuff and find the stuff that he needed. He also was able to figure out how to work with his local gun store so he could get it sent out. Uh, for those of you guys that don't know, if you you can buy a firearm online, this will be a, a, a real simplification of this. Uh, basically, if you if you find an online dealer, so like Gun Broker or this Bud's Gun Shop or or several other of the of the quote unquote brick and mortar stores, will also maybe have stuff that they can sell online, and you still have to go through the background checks and all this other stuff. And what happens is is, is that gun seller as a uh, FFL dealer can send it to a gun store in your area and that's what he was talking about when he said there was a transfer fee and what they do is and it's usually around $25 I've seen some gun stores that will charge up up to 40 or $50 for that and I think that's overpriced and I think $25 is a fair price basically for them just to get something in the mail and then give it out to you but it does bring up kind of another interesting question. His experience is, is and that question for me is, well, what are they going to need to do, this, especially kind of the smaller gun stores? What are they going to need to do to sort of stay in business? Are they going to have to go and expand their, their stuff online? Are they going to have to uh, to become more familiar with that and also have a, uh, a good selection you know, or, or a good... 
maybe not selection is not the right word, maybe a good source to get firearms. So if you came in there and again you wanted, uh, and uh, you know, let's say you wanted a an FNP forty five, but they just didn't have that. And, but they could say, oh, well, don't worry, we can get it for you online and, and blah, 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 and we can streamline the process for you, uh, especially if it was something that you knew you wanted uh, and you were just going to go in there and say, you know, much like Pablo, hey, I know this is the gun that I want, so can you get it for me type thing. You know, and a lot of, it seems like a lot of the newer gun stores, when we're talking about, you know, how are they going to stay in business? Um, it seems like some of the newer ones are, are going a little bit bigger, and what they're doing is they're also offering training. Uh, a lot of them are going to have indoor, especially out here, you're almost going to have to have an indoor range. It's just too hot uh, for probably four or five months out of the year. It's just not going to be enjoyable. So out around here, down where I am in the uh, in Phoenix area, you've got... Uh, Oh, there's a place called Caswell's. There's another one called uh, Shooter's World. There's uh, a new one that's out in a little uh, kind of, oh, not subdivision, but kind of, uh, you know, Phoenix is a lot like kind of L.A. and a lot like how lots of other bigger cities are getting. You'll have several other small towns, and basically at one point they were all sort of separated by just vacant land. But now, of course, they've all kind of uh, kind of turned into sort of one big city. So you've got another area. There's an um, uh, area out in Queen Creek. There's, there's a new uh, shooting range out there, indoor range. And I can't remember the name of it right now. Uh, but I think a lot of these stores, the newer gun stores, you're going to have to have something like that. And so instead of the actual gun sales maybe being where your bread and butter comes from, you're going to get the majority of your stuff from uh, charging people to use your lanes, to be able to use those indoor shooting ranges. And uh, uh, Scottsdale Gun Club is another one that has uh, indoor lanes and everything like that. And most of them, I would say out here, probably the price is about, oh, for an hour on their lane uh, is usually around 14 or 15 dollars something like that um, now if and, and most of those places too that have indoor ranges are going to have some firearms for you to be able to actually rent so i know caswell shooters world scottsdale gun club and i think the one out in queen creek also has firearms that you can rent so if you wanted to test out a glock 17 you'd never shot one before an mnp nine millimeter something like that or the 45 you could go in and do that uh, normally, though, when you are shooting their guns and renting the guns for them, you'll pay a fee for the uh, the lane rental, uh, and then you usually will pay for an hour. And then sometimes they'll say, "Well, with that lane rental, since you're since you're going to rent a gun, they'll kind of maybe throw in the rental for free, and you can cycle through as many guns as you want. However, you have to use you have to buy their ammunition, and uh, and usually the ammunition there's a little bit more expensive than if you uh, went to a Cabela's or a Walmart or someplace online. But I think, you know, a, a lot of these smaller stores, it's going to be hard for them to compete when they don't have a place where you could go out and try out the gun or shoot one or be able to rent stuff. Um, and if they don't really have any training or if they have training, I've seen some stores out here that they have training, but they don't have an area right then and there. Maybe they have a small classroom or something, but, uh, you know, that's about it. 
So if any of you guys have any kind of thoughts on what do you think is going to be the future of, of the gun stores, do you think it's going to be something where that the smaller ones are maybe going to get pushed out and, and only the ones that sort of have kind of that one-stop shop type thing, you know, so you can get training there, you can do classes, you can get your uh, concealed carry permit, you can rent guns, you can try them out on the lanes, you can have a uh, a trainer come and help you and you can get, you know, an hour's worth of private instruction, things like that. And that's, again, this is what most, almost all the ones that I've mentioned have stuff like that. Uh, and if you look at things like, um, oh, like Scottsdale Gun Club, for instance, is one of the ones that has a real good reputation, uh, especially for training and things like that. So anyway, thanks again for that, Pablo. Uh, I'd like to hear some of you other guys, what you think is going to happen to the future of some of maybe the smaller, uh, for lack of a better word, kind of mom-and-pop gun stores. All right, let's go ahead and uh, let's hear our next bit of feedback, and that is going to be from Brad. Take it away, Brad. Hey, Tony, Brett from Michigan. Hey, I'd love to get your thoughts and comments on this uh, apparent Arizona senator that pointed her loaded gun at a reporter. If I understand the story correct, she was showing off her her new pink Ruger LCP or LCR, I forget. I think it's an LCP. And it had a laser, and apparently the story is she wanted to show off how the laser works. So she points this gun at a reporter at his chest. That's what I've heard. I've heard it was loaded. I don't think it matters whether it's loaded or not, but especially if it's loaded and known to be loaded. Um, have you heard this story? Can you give us some details on it? I'd love to hear what you're hearing, um, what you're hearing about it in your area. Thanks, man. Talk to you later. Bye. All right, Brad. Thanks for sending that in. Now, this is kind of a doozy. I guess I don't know really how much kind of hubbub and furor was raised up over it. Uh, we, When this happened, we were actually in Montana. The thing that he's referring to I think actually happened or was is actually reported on in, uh, I want to say it was July 10th paper. It was in the July 10th, excuse me, edition of the Arizona Republic, and it was part of a series that they were doing on, on guns in Arizona. And that series went for about maybe three or four weeks on a future show, I'm going to go ahead and do a little bit more in-depth kind of analysis of, of those articles, and we'll talk about those. Basically, what happened, kind of the short version, and I'll give sort of a, a quick and dirty thing. Uh, the senator in question was Senator Lori Klein. She is a Republican from, I believe it's Anthem, uh, and she had taken her gun into the Capitol building, and the reporter had asked to see it. Uh, there is two very different versions of what happened. There's the reporter's version where the things that he writes are are true but taken greatly out of context if you believe what the senator says. In a statement, and uh, there is a, uh, a blog that I looked up, one where I, I tried to, I Googled, or uh, not actually Googled, I uh I use a search engine called Start Page. There was a uh, a blog called SonoranAlliance.com, and I'll put a link to that in there. Um, and what 
what she said happened in a written statement was basically that the reporter had asked to see her firearm. She then made sure that it was unloaded, showed it to him so that they could get pictures of it. The photographer, who she said was behind her, stated that he would like to see the laser sight. And then she pointed it, I guess, against the wall and depressed the laser. Uh, so the, the beam came on. At that point, according to Senator Klein, the reporter walked in front and basically muzzled himself. So he put himself uh, in a position where the laser would be on his chest and uh, maybe made some comment about it. She said that when she saw that the laser was on him, she basically turned it off and removed it. She stated that uh, that the reporter didn't seem... Uh, taken aback by it or anything, and they kind of went on with the interview. Um, the article, you're going to hear some papers rattling here a little bit. In the article, what uh, the reporter wrote, who is a guy named Richard Ruelas, uh, he writes, and this is in the paragraph, quote, Oh, it's so cute, Klein said, as she unzipped the loaded Ruger from its carrying case to show the reporter and photographer. She was sitting on a leather couch in the lounge just outside the Senate chamber. She showed off a laser sighting by pointing the red beam at the reporter's chest. The gun has no safety, she said, but there was no need to worry. Quote, I just didn't have my hand on the trigger, end quote, she said. And then this, the article kind of goes on and talks about some other stuff. Uh, lots of, a lot of the stuff she's talking about is like why she has a gun and all this other stuff. Uh, Basically, she made a lot of kind of rookie mistakes. I think she got blinded by the limelight. Uh, she may have thought that the reporter was uh, more gun-friendly. Um, but, you know, again, when we look at how the, the, the mainstream media and the press in general treats anybody who is pro-Second Amendment, it's always slanted uh, against, usually. It, it, they usually, nine times out of ten, will fall in the anti uh, rights camp. So, uh, again, if we believe what Klein says, and if you want to see her full statement, she also goes on later to, and this is kind of paraphrasing it, but she also goes on later to say that she learned a lesson that she shouldn't have brought the gun out, and that if she and that if she was going to show the gun, she should have done it at a range where they could, you know, perhaps shoot the gun. Blah blah blah. All this other stuff, and it could all be done in a safe manner. Uh, and this is all stuff that, you know, we we can learn a lesson. So. Do I think she was kind of manipulated by the reporter? In this case, probably yes. Uh, do I think that she is at fault for that? Uh, yes. I mean, she absolutely made the decision to pull out the gun and pose for a picture with it. In the article, she's holding the gun, uh, kind of like how the, I guess the new way to do it is you've got, let's say, if, if your firing hand is your right hand and you're holding the gun with your finger off the trigger, you would have your left hand sort of pressed up against your abdomen. Then you would take the, the gun with your finger off the trigger, so up against the frame, and then you would put that, uh, you would kind of bring your hands together. So you would put the gun on the back of your left hand so that, uh, and like I said, I've, I've seen a lot in like shooting shows, that's I guess like the new in vogue way to hold the gun. Um, but anyway... Uh, she like uh, she, she is responsible for this stuff. She shouldn't have taken the gun out. Uh, she should only be doing that 
if she's not at a gun range or she's not at home, you know, gonna either going to unload or clean it or going to uh, put it away for the evening or whatever she's going to do with it when she's done carrying it. The, really the only time she should be taking that gun out is if she's in fear for her life and she feels that she was, would be in a lethal force encounter. And I don't think that she felt she was in a lethal force encounter at that time. Uh, but again, I'll put a link to what her statement is. Uh, that I found again at that sonoranalliance.com. So hope that cleared some of that stuff up. Um, and again, her name is Lori Klein, L-O-R-I-K-L-E-I-N. Uh, and if you do a search, you know, you see uh, you, you see a lot of the, the uh, liberal media saying things like, you know, um, Senator waves her gun in reporter's face. Um, you know, uh, and there's just, you know, tons of stuff. Um, so, uh, you know, there's a thing from the Huffington Post, you know, Lori Klein pointed a loaded gun at reporter, which wasn't true, you know. And now that's one thing that she said that she looked and made sure that the chamber was empty. Uh, and and uh, so... Anyway, um, hope that clears some of it up. Again, you guys can go on. And uh, if you want to use maybe a different um, search engine, and they, they actually, they're still using Google over there, but what they do is that I guess they block, they don't record your IP address, I guess. So when you go through Start Page, even though they're using maybe a Google search, None of that information is recorded, and I guess maybe Google it records your IP address and maybe keeps a keeps a record of stuff. I don't know, but uh, uh, people have had concerns with privacy on that. Anyway, that's uh, totally off the subject. So uh, I do have one more bit of feedback. I received an email from a gentleman named Steve. He is a local Arizona boy, just like myself, and he writes in that he's a relative new gun owner and a CCW holder. He lives in the Phoenix area. And uh, let's see, he says, I've listened to, I'm kind of jumping around here because he gives some information that uh, is not, not for public dissemination. Uh, I've listened to most of your podcasts and find them very informative. Thank you. Uh, and then he asks about um, if I had any advice on concealed carry. He writes, it's hard to find good information. Most things are very general. Uh, buy bigger pants and shirts, but I think there is more to it than that, or maybe it's that simple. I just bought the gun. Excuse me. I just bought the Gun Digest book of concealed carry by Masad Ayub. I haven't gotten into it very far yet, but it looks good so far. If you have any other books you would recommend, let me know. Thanks. And uh, again, I think that I don't that I mentioned who it was. Uh, Steve was the gentleman who wrote that in. Uh, so my advice, Steve, is it's you kind of hit the nail on the head. It's sort of it's one of those things where. It is simple and it is kind of complex. If if you're going to carry maybe inside the waistband uh, or even outside the waistband, you've got to have number one a really good holster. You've got to have a a good belt that's stiff. Uh, I would recommend something like the Wilderness Tactical Instructor Belt. Uh, there are other ones out there that are leather um, that are made by different companies that are that have uh, stiffeners in them. And they look they don't look so much like a tactical belt um, out here in Arizona we have some uh, some little bit more difficult challenges sometimes because in the summer it is so hot 
that a lot of times you're going to be wearing shorts and maybe a t-shirt. Um, a lot of times what I wear when I'm carrying, uh, when I'm using the inside, the waistband, uh, holster, and I have a, a, Milt, a Milt Spark Summer Special uh, that I actually picked up off of eBay a few years ago. And those are kind of hard to find. You can still order them, um, and, but I think Galco makes one called Summer Carry or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. But there's tons of different inside the waistband. There's tons of different outside the waistband stuff. Um, it also will depend a lot on what firearm you're actually carrying. If you're carrying something like a Glock 19 or a Glock 17, or you were carrying something uh, like the M&P 9, the full size, or maybe versus the uh, the M&P uh, uh, compact or you know an XD something like that those are all going to be kind of different sized guns uh, and how you're going to carry them or want to carry them uh, is going to be a little bit different you're not going to be able to put that M&P the full size or a Glock or an XD you're not going to be able to kind of carry that in your front pocket uh, where if you're using a small J-frame revolver a Smith and Wesson or the, or the uh, something like the Ruger uh, LCR or you're carrying the little small autos, things like, uh, again, the Ruger LCP, things like uh, Car makes a bunch of them that are really tiny. Um, and those are going to go into, could maybe go into a front pocket or into a jacket pocket. Uh, with those, you just need to make sure that you've got a, a decent uh, pocket holster that's going to cover the trigger. And also, if you are doing a, a pocket carry, you don't want anything else in that pocket besides that firearm in the holster. Then you also have to, uh, with either the, the pants or the shorts that you're going to be wearing, you have to make sure that you can actually get your hand in there. And then when you're sort of making a fist to, to pull that thing out, that you're, you're able actually to clear your pocket so that you're, you don't get sort of the, uh, you know, the, the, the monkey with his hand in the jug that's got a piece, you know, that's got an orange in his, in his hand, but his hand is now expanded to where he can't get his hand out of the jug. Uh, so you want to make sure you're able to clear it. You also need to uh, practice with it. Um, one thing that you can do, and it sounds kind of goofy, but if you have a video recorder, what you can do is you can wear different pants and different shirts and things, t-shirts, different things like that, and see once you've got again that belt and the good holsters see kind of what um, what's going to work best for you uh, and when you videotape it you'll be able to kind of walk maybe sit down do some things sit in a chair uh, move around different directions and things like that and then you'll really be able to see whether or not it's going to print um, uh, sometimes pattern shirts are going to work better than uh, solid color ones i generally tend to wear um, a uh, usually a button-down shirt that I'll leave untucked, and it just sort of kind of floats around the middle, so it does provide good cover. Uh, probably the book that you have, which is uh, by Massad, is probably one of the best ones that you can get. Um, that's going to give you probably about all the information. It's not going to you know be everything under the sun, but it's probably one of the best ones out there. Um, if, uh, unfortunately though, a lot of it is going to be sort of trial and error because what's going to work good for me or work good for somebody else may not work that great for you. And what worked great for you may not be that, that great for me. And again, uh, a lot of it is going to depend on what are you carrying? How heavy is the gun? Um, some people too have, 
some health problems or maybe have some back problems where if they carry the gun in a certain location, it can maybe kind of pinch a nerve or if the pants are too small and it actually causes the gun to dig in too much, it can be a little uncomfortable. And that's why they say a lot of times to buy bigger pants just so that you can wear the gun securely and comfortably, but it's not just digging into you. Um, as far as holsters, uh, again, the ones that I've had experience, again, I have that milk, milk sparks. Um, I've, uh, I've had experience with Galco. I've had experience with, um, what is it? Crossbreed, which uh, crossbreed is very comfortable. One thing I wish that crossbreed, crossbreed, excuse me, did a little different was they've got the Kydex that is riveted onto the leather and it's on there in such a way where you can't take the Kydex out without dr drilling out those rivets, which I may do later on. Um, CompTech has a, I think it's called a Minotaur, it has a thing where the how the Kydex is attached to the leather so that the Kydex is molded to fit the gun, and how that is attached to the leather is it's done with uh, basically almost like a Chicago-type screw where you can take that, that Kydex piece off, and so let's say that you had a Glock 17 that you carried and you were also wanting to carry a uh, an M&P 9. You can order just the Kydex piece for that M&P 9 and the holes will line up. They've, so it's, it's got the mold of the gun and then it kind of flares out on the side and you can attach that to that holster. Uh, so you would buy the, the main holster, which is you know, $70, $80, and then probably for $30 or $40 you can buy that additional kydex piece excuse me kydex piece for a different firearm so you you kind of get you have the ability to change out guns and everything but still wear something in a familiar place and in a uh, and then be and have something that's comfortable for you if you found that particular holster comfortable uh, but like i said unfortunately a lot of it is going to be kind of trial and error um, the good thing about it is, is usually if you if you buy a couple of holsters and you find that they just don't work for you, you can usually throw them up on eBay, uh, or you can maybe trade them to some you know to one of your other friends or something like that if they have that particular gun. So you can usually uh, maybe get some of your money back out of it. So anyway, I hope that helps, Steve, and uh, thank you for writing in. Appreciate hearing from you. All right, guys, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap it up for today. I'll leave you with these words of wisdom, which are don't hit anybody, don't take anybody's stuff, and always tell the truth. I'll talk to you next time. Take care, guys. Oh, the devil has given him superhuman strength. Oh,